guest on this show is Noah Centineo, a young actor that most recently starred in the Netflix original To All the Boys I've Loved Before, P.S. I Still Love You. Noah and I met a little over a year ago and have since become very close. I just fell in love with this kid for a couple reasons, both the responsibility he felt to use his platform for good and also how deeply he cared about understanding issues before he spoke on them how he didn't take his platform for granted and constantly reached out to me and asked me to connect him to the right people so he could wrap his mind around the issues of our time before he made a public statement and influenced the now 18 million plus followers he has on Instagram. He's probably more the exception than the rule in terms of the types of guests I'm going to be bringing onto this program. Most are going to be activists or movement leaders, but I did want to chat with Noah for a few reasons. One, most of the impact campaigns I've been privy to always are looking for famous allies. So I wanted to understand how he thought through the opportunities that are brought to him and where he saw his limitations and what he could or couldn't do. Secondly, I deeply believe the stories we tell inform the narratives we believe, which then inform how, how we build the world. And so I wanted to see what kind of responsibility he felt in avoiding movies and other scripts that perpetuate dangerous narratives. He's also just a great person, so I love picking his brain and uh, seeing his evolution. So I hope you enjoy. the challenges we face in the world are because of the narratives we believe, mm. right? Whether it's like, we believe that there's bad guys out there, right? And that starts with every Disney movie that we watch when we're young. Scar doesn't want to do anything except for burn it down. Like he has no <laughs> agenda. You don't learn anything about Scar's trauma. And like, right. and, and then, and how do we deal with Scar? What, what, what do we do to Scar? We, we kill him. We throw him off the cliff. Yeah, we yeah, kill yeah. him and everything's going to be fine <laughs> after that, right? We execute. And right. so like, we have these narratives around bad guys, around scarcity, and you're in the industry that does storytelling. How do you think about that and like your responsibility of that? Of like, hey, what, what stories am I perpetuating? You Word. know, you're in, you're in stories of teenage love. You're a big guy. You'll play some superheroes, you know, that are <laughs> defeating bad guys along the way. Sure, it would be nice. <laughs> so how do you think about like, what do I co-sign? How do I, if I do play one of those roles and it is a storyline like that, what's my responsibility? Totally. I think uh, like Hancock, the yeah. film of Will Smith, I think that was an excellent anti-hero movie. Um, because he's not perfect right? and he's bestowed with this immense power, immeasurable power that he kind of throws away for a long time. And then ultimately that's a, that's a character driven film. Mm -hmm. like he, he has a crazy arc mm -hmm. as a person uh, the Joker, you know, it's, it's almost the, yeah, we're starting to tell stories like that. You're right. There's a lot more grays that we're playing with and it's fun. And I think yeah. it's super important and you make an excellent point And one that, that I look for now in scripts is okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a bad guy, but like, why is he bad? Mm -hmm. Do we understand this site, like the psychosis? Do we understand the psyche and why, how he got to be that way? What was his socioeconomic right. position or right. was it trauma from his past? Right. You know, what happened? And um, we all, all, almost always only understand the, the hero's story. Like with Batman, right, his, his parents got killed in front of him. Mm -hmm. and, and he took that and became a superhero. Mm -hmm. but, but like worse not worse but like really traumatic things happened to the joker too that led him to and that's why right that's why that movie was so great and like how do we resolve those things right black With, panther almost got there for me black, really? black, black panther 
told I forget uh, Warmonger I Michael think, B. Jordan's think, character. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. And it gave him some backstory. You know, you saw the trauma that he'd been through. Totally. And then they have this moment where, like, T'Challa goes back to um, his dad. And I was like, how could we let these guys suffer when we have so much, et cetera? And I was like, great. We're like, we're going to tell the story. And then he still kills him. <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> wait. But we're almost – because I think the important thing is not to just give these guys backstories, but also – how do we resolve the issue then yeah. they try to touch on that a little bit in black panther where you like built a school in oakland or it's like some center and stuff like that but it's i just wonder do you feel like you're at a point in your career when you have any influence over over how scripts are written or is it just like a hey i won't do certain things or certain things you wouldn't do no uh yeah i mean you're helping me right now just like think about it more and more depth um but i i i want to i'm in a position where yeah i, I not not over all scripts but over, you know, a good amount of scripts that if I attach myself to to develop or to 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 bring to light, I get to have that perspective. Um, and it is a responsibility. It's not even something that something that I've considered, but it's not something that I've been able to fully take out for a spin yet. Yeah. Um, surely after this conversation, yes. And I feel like the reason that you have films like Black Panther that don't quite hit that new narrative structure home is because people like you said are so used to those narratives people are and and to break those narratives might mean less box office hits right how do you take that risk if you spend 120 million dollars on a film and because of one plot point it might make 20 million less and then you're under your 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 break even point yeah um so those risks are being taken there's this film that i just that's why i'm here in new york actually it was called um uh big time adolescence and it doesn't necessarily talk about, I mean, there's no real villain in it, but something that I really liked is one of the characters' plots, like, he just doesn't change. Yeah. And it, and usually there's, like, you know, people change. Yeah. You know, over the course of a film. That's what makes a film interesting. Right. This character Personal evolution, yeah. This character just doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, you're like, fuck. I don't know if we can, can we curse on you? Is that- I think so. I think it's an adult <laughs> show. I mean, we're yeah. setting we're setting the precedent we're setting, right this now. This is the first one. That's right. It's so yeah. sick. I, you like- immediately cut my followers in half. Now I can't get to the youth market. <laughs> Just in that moment, it's to okay. make sure I would never be a mainstream. We're gonna show. have to edit a couple of things out of this. That's right. You know, we're we're willing to sacrifice some box office as as we're learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some viewership some to have viewership. authentic conversations <laughs> that head the right direction. Well, I just think it's cool. Like we're starting to see narrative shift, and they, I think the younger generation is far more interested in seeing new things right. that are far more realistic to their lives. What What do most people not know or understand about when you have fame, how you leverage it for good, and what's going on? What's interesting about leveraging fame for, let's say, charity, for for example, any charity, like you have to decide which charity you want to work for or work towards bettering. But beyond that. Uh, specifically on social media, yeah. Sp- like for me, I've noticed that trying to advertise a charity that I want to work with is identical to trying to advertise uh, like a company that I or like a brand. Right. But the difference is the brand already has clout, and the brand like has an identity that that the consumers really really like, so that when they see me with that brand, they're going to be more interested in the advertisement. But it's essentially advertising and. What I've learned is that my following, they know when they're being marketed to. Right. And they hate it. Just like I hate it. 
just right. like all of us don't like ads for right. the most unless they're hilarious and like super smart the way brands can f plug into that is a little different than like who you want to help though in a way right because right. a brand can look at you you're following what you're up to and say like we think this is a good fit for this audience to begin with and there's an organic way to plug in you know you learned about my organization with refugees right and that's not necessarily a one-to-one -one fit even if you know you're excited about it right right i don't know how do you think about that it's like oh now i have something i'm passionate about what? They want to see the authentic me, but I also don't want to just have them feel like there's some sales channel for me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like it's so difficult to choose what you say yes to, and you kind of you have to be selective because otherwise, like we were saying earlier, um, on a on a public forum, people don't like being advertised to. And the moment that you change from being an authentic person that they look up to, that is living your life to the best of your ability, to you know an ad a agency, then it kind of just destroys your uh reputation entirely right yeah there's this weird jujitsu you gotta yeah do of like it's like how do I'll, i actually help without tarnishing the thing that allows me to help right it's not like you're malala 75 percent of it is like teenage girls that think you're cute <laughs> i think i don't know exactly what well, your breakdown that's, is no no is yeah. that is, that's, pretty, I'm is sure that? that's pretty accurate <laughs> it's like 70 percent that but that's the other thing too is like what are you known for are you right. known for being the cute guy on a screen or are you known for for winning a nobel peace prize yeah. and like changing the world and institutions that are oppressive right and you have to understand that like certain demographics don't want to hear about how to save the world from you that's not why they're right. coming to your instagram that's not why they're tapping into you they want ed entertainment and they want you know whatever whatever attracted them to you in the first place at first look so i'm kind of in the space now where i'm like okay i know that people give a shit i know people care how can i tap into those people and how how can i spark right and and kind of encourage that mentality and i think i think the answer is you got to make altruism as sexy as consumerism right <laughs> you know right. which isn't easy no but it's not easy but although so i doable. feel like culturally we're getting there oh, for yeah. sure like oh, yeah. the fact that like aoc and greta thunberg and amalali these people are becoming these cultural icons where it's not just we honor them historically but they're like pop culture like cool you know people want to be in a picture with greta thunberg and yeah. at, at the climate march and, totally. and all these things so so we are getting there i couldn't agree more man i feel like i feel like you know cloud is a really big thing to the younger generation i like I like the way supreme has come up is absolutely insane and if we can have a supreme that works as like a 501c3 yeah like who's to say that supreme couldn't have just been a 501c3 i don't know like yeah that's kind of that's, it does feel like there's a lane in consumerism for that i feel like we've always had kind of conversations as equals but i think you're like 12 how old are you 23 23 so you're you're full 10 years younger than me i for yeah. sure look at you as like a mentor like someone older than me like, i appreciate it. i, I view us as friends i learned a ton from you too but you are in a generation that's different than mine that's starting to lead like some serious movements right mm -hmm. when you see you know what greta thunberg and you know the uh sunrise movement's been able to orchestrate uh, march for our lives the kids out of parkland mm -hmm. do you feel a responsibility as someone who's one of the leading faces from that generation to get involved and be in allyship with those folks have you reached out to some of those folks how do you think about that i haven't i haven't reached out to, to those folks i i still need to grasp how these mass movements are shifting legislation and if they are and 
in my opinion right now, it could be completely flawed because I haven't taken a deep look at it. I think it's possible that there is a way to move the needle that definitely involves what they're doing. You can't do it without them because they're shifting right. culture and they're right. getting these like huge amount, millions of people out on the streets. So I, I haven't reached out to them, I think, mainly because I personally want to build favored nations first yeah, and m- make that something that is the catalyst and a blueprint that can fit into anybody's machine to help it create a, like money yeah can you can you share what favorite nations is yeah yeah it's right now it's it, it's multifaceted multi-tiered but essentially what it is is we leverage social media to raise money for charities um and we do this through different forms of campaigns we like to have a clothing line that we're dropping within the next couple months and the idea is to build something that's a like a street brand or, or just a just a clothing brand yeah that people can wear. I mean, there's a reason you mentioned Supreme. You're like, what if there was a Supreme for good? Right. You might have had something top of mind. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, 100% yeah. of the money goes to charity this time. Like, like we want to start shifting the way that capitalism works. There are obvious benefits to capitalism and free market and, 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 and competitive marketplaces outside of having just a centralized person telling us how everything works or for any sure. other form of regime. But... We all want to take that and leverage it to make it extremely altruistic as well. So Favorite Nations is kind of that. So I think in some ways, A, that's super exciting. As you know, I'm always here to help you on those journeys. Thanks, bro. Um, I think in some ways you're answering the question of this podcast, which was basically what do we not know about leveraging your fame for good mm. and it's like sometimes you have things you deeply believe in mm. but your direct channels like these social media channels aren't the right platform but what you can do and what i see you doing is build businesses and apparatuses that then can be the advocates or the revenue streams for those initiatives that you do want to support it's just more complex if you just yeah. spent shouting to your following all the things you're passionate about you lose those guys overnight totally if you do no underwear ads or anything like that. Right, right, right. At least four underwear ads per Four cost. underwear ads in a film <laughs> per cause. Thank you for joining me on What We Don't Know. If you liked what you heard, we post the full interviews on our Patreon, patreon.com slash WWDK. If you become a patron, you'll have access to those full interviews plus other exclusive content. 50% of the revenue that this podcast generates goes towards the initiatives and organizations of our guests. So you'll not only be supporting this podcast, but you'll also be supporting some amazing, amazing work. If you'd like to follow us on social, we're at WWDKPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. On YouTube, you can find our channel if you search What We Don't Know Podcast. And if you go to our website, WWDKPod.com, you can sign up for our newsletter where we share all the latest content. All right. Hope this finds you happy, healthy, and safe. Take care.